0: As moms, we often wonder, "Am I doing enough for my kids?" I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower: our intuition, and it never sears us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, "Gee, you have your hands full." On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep, to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that Total Mom Sense. We are so lucky to be living in this day and age. Startups have become ubiquitous that literally anyone can take an idea and build an entire company around it and have investors scale it to attain mass market. Men and women now have the freedom to work remotely and give priority to their children, the elderly, and their family or their health without compromising their productivity. 20 years ago, things weren't as simple. The nine to five was the norm. And if you were adventurous enough to start your own business, you had to show up on the job around the clock. Today's guest is a famed fashion designer, Cynthia Steffi, who not only took risks with her collections, she made bold moves to be a dedicated mother when she built a childcare facility right in her showroom. Cynthia Steffi is recognized as one of America's most influential designers over the last few decades. Her signature collection has been distributed throughout the U.S. in countless luxury retailers, including Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, and many others. Her work has been editorialized in numerous publications, including Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Elle, InStyle, Cosmopolitan, Women's Wear Daily, and The New York Times. She has built a strong celebrity following, including Anne Hathaway, Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Hudson, Kate Blanchett, Taylor Swift, Jessica Simpson, and more. Cynthia's talent was acknowledged early on while attending Parsons School of Design in New York. She graduated at the top of her class and was named Designer of the Year. Cynthia's initial experience on 7th Ave came during a three-year tenure as a member of Donna Karen's design team. The Cynthia Steffi collection debuted a few years later and grew to become an anchor brand in the contemporary department of luxury specialty and department stores throughout the country and internationally. After 17 years, at the peak of its success, the brand was sold to a large publicly traded company. Since leaving her namesake brand, Cynthia has consulted for a variety of international and American companies looking to elevate their product offerings and merchandising plans. She has been instrumental in the launch of new brands, reinvigorating existing brands, and developed unique product for private label collections. Her clients have included designer startups, large specialty chains, department stores, and big box retailers. During the past three years, she's served exclusively as creative director of a large multinational apparel manufacturer, with particular emphasis on developing new brands for Target. So, Cynthia, (laughs) it is a pleasure to have you on my show today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so let's... Start from the very beginning. Um, you grew up in Iowa. Iowa. Yes. Tell us about your childhood. Well, I was I was born in Sioux City,
1: Iowa, and grew up in a small rural town about 35 miles from there. And I was one second in line of five girls, so there was a lot of uh, clothes sharing and clothes swapping <laughs> uh, in growing up. I think I knew that I wanted to be a designer before the age of five. Wow. Uh, my favorite thing. To do uh, as a young girl was to draw women in fancy ball gowns and loved uh, working with fabric whenever mm-hmm. I could uh, get my hands on scraps that fell by my mother's sewing machine. My mother loved to sew. Okay. And I think she was just such an inspiration to me. One of my favorite childhood memories was uh, going to the fabric store and rifling through patterns and uh, picking out the next project that uh, she was going to work on. Then and of course, that love of, of fabrics and patterns. I uh, discovered fashion magazines, mm-hmm. and I would buy whenever we go to the city.
0: Right, <laughs> uh, I would buy
1: you know a Vogue or Bazaar whenever I could, and I wanted to wear the images that I found on those pages. Sure. So be uh, before long as um, as I grew and I was tall enough for my foot to reach the pedal of her sewing machine. Uh-huh. My mother taught me to sew, and I was whipping up uh, a. Few things for myself. I guess I was in junior high school, mm-hmm. and there was uh, coverage on the mini, the midi, and the maxi. Okay, and of course I had to have one of each one. So <laughs> I chose the fabric, whipped them up, and wore them to school. And I'm sure I looked absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and I certainly didn't conform with what others were wearing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Uh, in high school, uh, it continued. Uh, the sewing and creativity continued, of course. But my family had a lake house that we would spend weekends at. And, you know, designer merchandise, you really didn't see in a lot of stores in the area. But there was a beautiful, lovely boutique on the lake that carried designer clothes. Hmm. And uh, I actually worked there my junior and senior year of high school. The summer of my senior year, the owner pulled me aside and she said, you know, Cynthia, I'm ill. She Unfortunately, she confided in me that she needed to start chemo treatments oh, and gosh. she was going to miss the next market, uh, the buying market. So uh, she said, I love your taste. And would you go to the Dallas Apparel Mart for me and visit my favorite resources and fill in uh, what for the store? So she created a little shopping list for me and said, go here, go here, go here. And uh, said, pick out what you like the best of their new collections. And so the next thing I know, I was on a plane to Dallas and uh, shopping for her store. Yes. It, it was amazing. It was such an eye opener to see the amount of resources that there were in wholesale apparel. I had no idea there were that many companies mm-hmm. that ever existed. So it was an incredible experience. And it was actually the first place that I saw my live fashion show. It oh, the, cool. It was in the Dallas Apparel Mart.
0: Who did you grow up kind of admiring? Because I'm thinking just, you know, we're in New York now. I'm thinking to the stars on Fashion Ave, um, that Fashion Hall of Fame, if you will. You see the names, Rudy Gernrich, Bill Blass, Jeffrey Bean. Who did you grow up feeling like? Wow. I would say it was Oscar de la Renta. Okay. I, I was, you know, just
1: fantasizing about the fancy ball gowns uh-huh. and where one would wear them. And uh, it was it just seemed to be the ultimate in luxury. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was
0: Oscar de la Renta. That's really amazing. And then you met him. And yes, I did. He's a <laughs> great, very nice man. So for those who are not in fashion, uh, walk us through how there's so many, there's a team, an army really, um, on, in one fashion house. There's the pattern maker and the buyers. And walk us through a little bit of that. Oh, well, that
1: was an incredible thing, too, because working right uh, in the studio, uh, yes, you do need a team of designers and a collection to be a complete sportswear collection. You need quite a few categories. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are the sweaters. There are cut and sew knits. There are uh, woven tops, skirts, pants, bottoms, jackets, coats, dresses, a complete wardrobe-based basically, in a collection to be launched uh, several times a year. Right. And the design studio was right off of the workroom, and the workroom was filled with pattern makers where the sketches were given to the pattern makers, and the pattern makers would look at those sketches and read proportion. So sketching was a very, very important process of the of the design process and uh then they would drape on muslins they would drape what how they read the sketch uh on silhouettes on the muslins and mm. then donna would go in and mark all over it right. and, uh <laughs> change things and then uh maybe sometimes a second muslin would be required uh-huh. and then the real fabric was cut and okay. then the fun started then you started proportioning and fitting on a real model right i can recall it was amazing there was uh, an actual fit model that just hung around in her bathroom oh, yeah. all day long waiting for something to be hot off the press right. to try on and to fit. And, yes. then, and then right before uh, collection opening pre pre-show, then the looks started being created when you start proportioning the outfits together and all of those pieces and components that make a collection mm-hmm. uh, become looks. Yes. Okay.
0: And you've got samples tr- too, right? There's the, Fit sample, the top of production,
1: right? Yes, and, yeah. and after the show, then the collection is broken down. A lot of a lot of things that walk down the runway, unfortunately, some of those items are what we would call editorial items. Aww. And the magazines love yeah. to show them, but they were, uh, at the time, special order only right. But right. when the stores would come in to buy, they would be very careful about what they would actually buy. So once you had a read from the stores and and what the accounts wanted to the styles the accounts wanted to buy, then the production process would begin. Okay, and the production fittings would start again in the actual fabrics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I can remember the production uh, man would measure the fit model every single time before they fit, so that the size that they were fitting on stayed the same because the grading for the various sizes go down the scale and up the scale from there. So her measurements had to be perfect each time. Wow.
0: Um, And now walk us through when you decided to go off on your own and launch your own collection. Well, I didn't do it directly from Donna. I um, was approached
1: while I was working for Donna. I was approached by another industry icon uh, this time from the executive level. Mm -hmm. Um, He was Very well known in the industry, and anything that Irving did touch anything he touched turned to gold. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he approached me, he was looking for you know a young designer, and uh, he was opening a new company and asked me to design the collection. And it was just an amazing opportunity because he promise to put my name on the label, and uh, it would be in all of the um, uh, written material, the catalogs, ads, and articles, etc. So, Uh, I, of course, took the job, Mm -hmm. and um, I, for five years then, designed and learned under Irving. The collection was called Spitalnik by Cynthia Steffi. It was Irving's last name, Uh and uh, it was a dress for success company in the late 80s. Oh, I love it. And that's where I learned even more.
0: Now, I want to bring it back to your husband, Rick. Tell us how you met first. I
1: met Rick the first semester that I was in New York at a Christmas party, uh, and he walked me home and asked me out after that. But I was always too busy. I was like, oh, I have too much work to do. Well, you have to eat. <laughs> yeah. So he would show up with dinner, or he said, "We'll only take an hour. Let's just go out, and we'll have a quick bite, and go back. And he was working in the industry. You know, had a lot of knowledge about what I was going through and what I was taking. So he was very, very supportive of that from the very beginning.
0: Mm, wow. That's, I mean, that's an ideal I know, partnership. Tears. Yeah, I'm tearing up. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so. so sweet. When did you decide to kind of team up and then start your brand together? Uh, it
1: was shortly after we were married. Uh, we got married when I was still um, at Spitalnik, but mm-hmm. while I was there, we felt it was time to, we'd love to give it a shot on our own. Sure. So, uh, you know, we joke about it because, you know, in the late 80s, he was running an apparel company. He was the president of Alexander Julian Mm -hmm. and also ran the studio division for Calvin Klein. But uh, when we went into business for ourselves, we had made all of this money for other people. (laughs) But when it came time, you know, to open business for ourselves, you know, the stock market crashed that year.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah.
1: So the beginning was uh, really, really uh, difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, We had orders from every store imaginable, but we couldn't ship many of them because they didn't pass credit. And the factory said, you can't ship, you have to ship this at your own risk. You know, the stores were just turned upside down. Many of them were closing and the retailers, they were consolidating and buying each other and Mm -hmm. closing doors. So the first few years were very, very lean.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, We didn't have the money in our budget to hire the staff that we needed. So uh, adding staff is great if you can afford it. And if when you start to make profits, but in the beginning, the more work you do yourself, not only will you learn by it, but you'll develop very, very good habits that you'll expect for the employees once you do hire them right. and you can train them properly in the way that works best for you. Yes.
0: Yes. And you believe in wearing many hats, right? You, want, Every you want, hat Everyone, everyone. Imaginable, yeah. Yes. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, And it's fashion. So I love the pun there. (laughs) That's great. And tell me some of the milestones um, in this, you know, line that you were Well, when we, um, well, the first milestone, of course, was opening our company.
1: Yes. Uh, And the year, the first year we were in business, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue uh, launched the collection, which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, it's still a big deal. It was was great that such an incredible store launched our collection uh, in flagship in New York. We limped through the first uh, half of the decade, but later in the 90s, the chairman of Saks Fifth Avenue, her office called and asked Rick and I to go up to the store to lunch with her. We'd never met her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing very well at retail and we'd met, uh, you know, the staff that works on the executives that work under her, but never Christina Johnson. And so we thought, oh my God, something good is about to happen, yeah. hopefully. So, you know, <laughs> We sat in this big conference room in the store and uh, shared lunch. And she was just lovely and complimentary about how well the collection was doing. And the next thing we knew, we were an all store buy for Saks. We were oh, in every gosh. single store. And Amazing. we were asked, okay, where would you like your shop to be in the contemporary area? So we you know, just went right to the spot, right at the top of the escalators and said, we want to be here. Yeah,
0: front and center.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we and we were there for uh, quite a few years after. Yeah. And that was our, our pad. And uh, vendors, other um, designers sort of milled around us, but we were really there
0: for quite some time. Wow. wow. And describe um, some of the look like could have paid that picture for us.
1: <laughs> you know, it was interesting. I became known for novelty and attention to detail and quality of course and very feminine clothes. I can remember when we first opened our collection and the first collection actually that was launched by Sex, the divisional uh, came into the showroom and you know my personal aesthetic was very, very clean and, and modern and she looked at me and she said, Cynthia, I do not need another Calvin Klein so really the signature happened by demand of what the customers, what my uh, customers were looking for. And of course, you know, I put my spin on it and the taste
0: level that I loved and and that became our signature. Great. Um, And if you were to describe the collection in a few words and the color palette, could you just tell us about that?
1: (laughs) I think the Cynthia Steffi collection when I was there was very happy. Uh, There was a lot of color. There was a lot of novelty. It was it uh, was flirtatious at mm-hmm. times, uh, definitely very, very feminine,
0: and uh, was a complete sportswear collection. Yes. And um, if you were to kind of identify who that woman is, who's an ideal Cynthia Steffi woman, who would that be?
1: You know what? There were so many of them. You know, certainly there were things that, you know, as a business person and with my business hat on, uh, I not only designed the things that I felt was feeling strongly for, but there were some things that were those go-to items that the collection became known for and that our customers wanted to see a new version of every single season. Right. For instance, uh, in the fall, they wanted uh, the best coat that we had to serve up. The dresses were always very, very important. But uh, you know the skirts were amazing. I remember. Uh, do you remember Katie Cork when of she course. was on the Today of Show and she showed her fabulous legs? Yes. Sometimes that flirty skirt that was a Cynthia Steffi. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know she was she was great to dress uh,
0: and a lot of fun. I love that. It's just the modern, contemporary working woman. Modern working woman, and also uh, you know.
1: Having those great items for women who weren't working, you right, know, our right. silk blouses and sweaters and things are great with a pair of jeans mm-hmm. or you know an oversized sweater with a pair of sweatpants. Yes. It, it really was more of a lifestyle collection, and I think that the main focus within the assortment was that it was ageless. Right. It was really, really important that a mother be able to wear the clothes and a daughter be able to wear the clothes. In fact, Katie was a really good example of that she was in one of the specialty stores uh, that sold our merchandise shopping with her daughter Ellie okay, <laughs> and Katie said oh here's Cynthia's stuff and, and Ellie said oh mom you know her and so the next
0: oh thing I goodness. know it was
1: you know it was bot and bar she was I think 13 at the time it was the bot and bar mitzvah year so yeah. Katie brought Ellie up and That's the great. two of them shopped and were shopping in the showroom Right, right, choosing different things but certainly the same sensibility was there and there was a youthful spirit it to the clothes that I think we stood for as a brand.
0: Yes, that's so cool. I love that. I love how you really hit the nail on the head and could dress um, across generations, you know? Um, so that brings me to... When you had your baby <laughs> and became a mom, tell us about that journey, and, you know, when it happened and and the brand. Well, you know,
1: for, for so long, the business was our baby yes. while we were growing it. And we just, I just didn't know how, there just wasn't time to, for family planning. So uh, when I finally became pregnant, it was amazing. We kept it secret. For the first five months, okay. and the only person that I told in the company was my head designer, who had been with me for many, many years, mm-hmm. and uh, she covered for me when I uh, ducked into my husband's office to take an afternoon cat nap because right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take you know very good care of myself. But yes, I I worked. Uh, I was pregnant, and I I worked up until the day before
0: oh, Ava was my born. Goodness! Oh my goodness! And you had um, showed and market during those I staged, ten, nine, 10 months? I staged
1: two fashion shows my while being pregnant. So everyone was waiting for my daughter to arrive. <laughs> and uh, during during the time that I was pregnant, we were bursting at the seams. The business was really thriving and we needed more physical space. Mm-hmm. So we took a an entire floor in 550. Uh, we took a 10,000 square foot space. And as we were working with the architect, We said, you know, we want a nursery. It's a secret, but we want a nursery. And so when he was drawing the plans, he uh, put a small, narrow room between my husband's office and my office. And he marked it conference room, new president's office. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> future, future president's
0: okay. office. That's what it was. <laughs> That's and, adorable. Um, so
1: we we outfitted her nursery with every comfort that she had at home. There was a soft rug to crawl around on, blackout shades, surroundings. Sound for soothing music, crib, glider, changing table, right, chest right. drawers, bookshelves. She had everything
0: oh, just there. Yeah, yeah. Another nursery at your place of work. It was fantastic. Yes. I mean, this is just such a um, novel concept that you pioneered. And I mean, for anyone who's starting their own company or working for a startup, this would just seem like a no brainer right now. You know, we're, we're in a day and age where we are constantly working. Um, and if you can do it remotely and you have that nursery at home, that's great for you. But if you can't, why not have the nursery come to you?
1: <laughs> you know what? It, it really, it truly was amazing. You know, with, with Ava in the space, when there's a baby around, everybody's, everybody's happy. happy. Oh my goodness. I mean, we did not have a bad day. It was really hard that's to so have a sweet. bad day because, you know, Ava was in the house <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I never gave it a second thought. Actually, I don't. I don't think I had a choice. Right. Okay. Uh, the fashion industry is one where it's twenty four seven, and you work very long hours and uh, you work very hard. And I just couldn't imagine you know having a child and not having her there with me. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it wow. was
0: just the only thing to do. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I think you're just. You're definitely setting the stage for and giving you know listeners an idea to do something similar. You know, it's really really cool. It's really important that you have the
1: support staff right at home, of course, and out at work if you're going to take your child to work mm-hmm. because you know there are times when you you cannot be there for every single thing and you can't give the care every single hour of the day when she's at work with you. But uh,
0: it's great just having her close by. Mm-hmm. Sure. Tell us about. Um, what the journey of motherhood has been because how old is she now? She's 16. Ava has really been
1: pretty easy child. I mean, I
0: know parents
1: probably all say that about their kids, that they're great kids. They're really fabulous. But Ava truly is. Um, The first three years of her life, she lived with us. Uh, She came to work with us every day for the first three years of her life. And then she started preschool and kindergarten. And, uh, you know, once she was in school, I was on to other things as well and was no longer with the brand. But this work uh, in my consulting business has taken me out of the country, and there's been a lot of travel. So it has been very important to stay in touch, Mm -hmm. and uh, Skype, and texting, and WhatsApp only goes so far. Yes. (laughs) So i found that it's really very important uh, whenever I'm away to uh, come back and really schedule before I even get home to schedule that mommy-daughter time so that we can, you know, shop and have a nice lunch Together and maybe go for Manny Petty. It's a great way to reconnect. But right. she really has developed a great sense of independence. All by herself, she's incredible. She's an amazing student, a very very good student, and she works hard. She works at it. She's incredibly driven and self motivated. She's a very good uh, manager of her time, and she has. Creativity, but in other areas than Mm -hmm. I do. She's amazingly creative. She's an amazing uh, creative writer. Mm -hmm. And she loves, loves, loves music and is a singer songwriter. I don't know. She's really meticulous. Um, I try to say, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And then I find myself <laughs> doing the same thing to get it to, you know, the point of where I feel close to perfection as possible. Right, right. But uh, she she really uh, does have a great sense of detail.
0: Yes. And would you say she's daddy's little girl? What is the equation like between her well, and
1: the dad? As when I started the consulting business, um, Rick became the major caregiver. It, he, he is He is the major home support, and he's been amazing uh, in that respect. So they have a very close bond, but I would say we have an equally close bond. Um, We have impressed upon Ava to, I think the most important thing for her is to be kind and thoughtful of other people, but to be kind to herself as well, but to always tell the truth and to always be uh, open with us. And she is.
0: Yes, that's wow. brilliant. Tell us some of the other pinch me moments that you've had in your life. Um, I think one of the most
1: uh, amazing experiences was being invited to the White House. Oh, wow. Uh, I was uh, at the White House four times during my time with uh, my collection, Uh, and uh, the first one was, there was a small group of designers that were invited to the White House to launch the CFDA Fashion Targets Breast Cancer Foundation and went for that. It was uh, really quite amazing. And yes. then also invited back uh, by the Department of Commerce um, in salute to American design, then again with another handful of designers. So that was really, really great.
0: Yes. And who was in office and who were the first ladies at that time? Uh, I went three times during yeah. the Clinton
1: administration. Okay. And uh, once during the Bush administration.
0: Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and... Any other moments that you feel?
1: Yeah, it was it was a great uh, thing to be recognized and given uh, an award by Dallas Apparel Mart for the best uh, contemporary designer. Actually, the year that Ava was born. Oh. And of course, being a CFDA member yes. and then elected to the board of the CFDA and. It was, you know, it was great to be on boards of a few companies, actually, mm-hmm. not companies, but uh, organizations. I was uh, on the board of the fashion group and yeah. also my alma mater. I was um, on the board of directors for the Parsons School of Design. Okay, oh, wow.
0: That's great. And what about your sisters? I mean... The fact that you became a fashion designer and you have four sisters, <laughs> it must have been like, this is amazing. You know, they must have been so happy that you... You know, I i had, I think, the, the best
1: uh, childhood having four sisters. Mm-hmm. We had uh, a lot of fun together. We were very, very close in age. And I can remember uh, my first designs were for my sisters, not yes. necessarily for, you know, <laughs> sewing for them. But uh, I absolutely drew paper, made paper dolls and then sketched clothes that those dolls would wear. And, you know, the paper dolls became the Barbies. So right. I, we had a lot of fun together.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet. As you know, the premise of the show is mom sense. That's total mom sense. I feel as mothers, we have this built-in sixth sense. We just know what our child needs. And it's amazing how it never steers us wrong. So I'm sure you've had many uh, moments like this, but if there's one story you could share where you really trusted that mom sense moment of yours.
1: Well, right now, my mom (laughs) sense is, uh, my inner voice is saying not to say anything that will embarrass my daughter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Being 16, everything embarrasses her these days. Yes. You know, whenever I feel something that works for me, whenever I feel that something isn't quite right, Usually the best tactic is to get her to come to the same realization by herself and questions work really, really well. Like, oh, well, do you think blah, 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 or What do you Ah. think about blah, 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 so that she starts to think about it and realize, you know what? That's not so great. Right. That's not such a good idea. Yeah. If she comes up with it by herself, it saves a lot of anxiety,
0: teaches her to uh, make good decisions if something isn't quite kosher. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good advice, just kind of turning it around. And I think it just allows your child to become an independent thinker. Because they're almost putting themselves in your shoes. Like, what do you think we should do about X, Y, Z situation? It's great. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by?
1: Uh, Yes, definitely. Uh, Change is
0: inevitable. Expect it
1: and embrace
0: it. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Um, It's so, so true. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So the last segment is the fun, you know, product lover segment. So mom haul, is there any product that you just swear by? And you're like, you know what? This is something that I use all the time. I need this in my life.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, my Nespresso maker is uh, my favorite thing in the kitchen. And I have recently started using
0: oat milk and love it. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, it's I love it, too. And my mom haul product is the Essential 8 Kit by Trusteek. Um, you must have heard the ad earlier on in this episode. I really love their products because they make makeup application simple again. Um, for like working women or, you know, moms on the go, we don't have all the time in the world. And um, they literally have a crayon, which is like, you know, we're coloring again, and an applicator um, uh, in one. And so if it's a blush, you know, you just swipe it on and then you have the blush brush on the other end too. Um, and so it just simplifies my whole getting ready process in the morning. I love it. Oh, that sounds great! I'm mm-hmm. gonna try it. <laughs> great. Okay, so um, yeah, that is a wrap on our chat. It was such a joy having you on, sharing you know your story. You made it so
1: easy. You're very oh. good at what you do. Thank you.
0: As we all know firsthand, it's really hard to strike a work-life balance. And in fact, I try not to use the word balance because that would mean that there's equal parts allocated to work and life. That's something that I learned from um, author Samantha Edis, who wrote The Pie Life. And I I completely believe it. But with Cynthia had the novel idea of bringing her family, her baby girl to her place of work, and she had the, um, foresight and, you know, the ability to do that. And so if you do do exactly that, I think it was really, um, remarkable that she did this, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands and. And now in our startup culture that we live in, so many of us work remotely and we negotiate that into um, our, you know, like HR plans that this is how many days a week I need to work remotely because I have, you know, young ones at home and that's completely valid. So however you can strike that rhythm if you will where you know you can embrace your work life and your family life and give that priority to your kids because as mothers that's you know the number one thing we want to do do it you can do it and Cynthia Steffi is one woman who did so thank you for being on my show Cynthia and for all my listeners out there make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review um you know go on to apple or stitcher or spotify um, Google Podcasts caches all of my episodes wherever you listen and leave that review. It's um, amazing to hear from you, and I really, really appreciate the support. And as always, follow me on Instagram at KanikaXOXO and write to me. I will write back. Um, my email is that's thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. And remember always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, Super Mamas. Bye. That's total mom sense.